Well, good morning, everybody. Hi, I'm Jimmy Bratcher, and I'm glad that you are here on this fabulous Sunday, February the 6th, the love month. February is dedicated to relationships and lovers. And I hope that today that you are finding yourself, you know, this is my prayer for, for me, find myself in the flow. One of the things that I pray before I minister anywhere is, Lord, help me find the flow, get in it, and stay in it. Because, you know, in everything that we do, there's this, uh, you know, we'll call it flow that uh, gives us, you know, that's the path, the journey, the place, and where there is, you know, the burden is easy and light, like Jesus said, you know, take my yoke upon me and learn of me, because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. How many of you use some of that right now? Let's have some of that easy and light. But, you know, I have been finding myself in, um, in deep contemplation, which has produced worry in my life. You know, you can do that sometimes. You can strain at a gnat um, and just continually rehearse those things that you have no control over in your life, and it will produce anxiety. It will produce worry, and it can go even farther into being detrimental to our health, both physically and mentally. And I have to constantly pull the reins back and say, hey, hang on a minute. We need to be, you know, we need to be focused here on the truth and not our surroundings, our emotions, our anxieties. You know, we have to give attention to those, but it doesn't have to be our primary focus. That's why it's so important that we write the vision and make it plain so that we can run with it, so that we can get in the flow and stay in it. Well, I am always excited to be here, and I am live. I haven't been, like, actually live for a while. I pre-recorded things just because we have been traveling. We were, Sherry and I spent uh, two weeks on the road um, in Florida. I know, it's terrible, but just so you'll you'll know, it was freezing in Florida. It was like, I think the highest temperature was like 60. And there were days when it was warmer in Kansas City than it was where we were in Florida. But we still had a great time. I preached in um, at Lake Haven Church in Eustis, Florida. Shout out to all y'all. You're probably in church right now. And um, with our friends Shannon and Karen, uh, Carol, and all the good folks at Lake Haven. And then we uh, spent a week... Um, Sherry and I celebrating our anniversary, which is in December. We never get to celebrate in December, so we choose January. And then we were at Forward Church in Sharpsburg, Georgia, outside of Atlanta last Sunday. And then uh, Friday night, I was in Cape Girardeau. So we came home from Atlanta, drove home from Atlanta, and then I turned around and turned uh, turned around and went back to Cape Girardeau, to Cape First Church, um, and did a men's event. Was part of a men's event on Friday night. I had there there were 500 guys there, 
and so had barbecue and they were doing all kinds of stuff, all kinds of guy stuff. It was great. So anyway, but if you find yourself in a place of worry, I want to encourage you and myself. And what we need to do is, you know, Jesus said it like this, which of you uh, by worry can add anything to your life? And the answer is we can't, it's not going to help us any. So I, I wrote this song about it. And so I was thinking about this morning and what I wanted to share. And this just popped into my heart. So this is a, this is a quarantine version of this song. It's me playing guitar and singing live and using a, a backing track. And um, I actually have on the same sweater. So how about that? Here it is. Check your blues at the dough. Checking our blues at the door. Forget about everything that happened this week. Take a little time for just you and me. Forget about the mortgage, forget about the bills. Tonight there'll be no blues around here. Check your blues at the door. Check your blues at the door. Check your blues at the door.
I couldn't resist doing a blink at the end of that. That's the way that works. Well, anyway, I, want, I don't want to take up a lot of your time today, but I just wanted to kind of give you this inspiration, you know. One of, uh, or really the verse that I, Sherry and I have for the year I've talked about is Exodus 4.2, a story of Moses where, um, uh, you know, he's at the burning bush and God's calling him and sending him back to fulfill his purpose and destiny. And, and the Lord's, you know, Moses asking the question, you know, what can I, what, how, how will people know, you know, and God says, well, what's in your hand? So I've been, I've been meditating on that, thinking about that, and am, 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 I am implementing those things in my life. And so a funny thing is, is that I, um, I had this guitar built uh, for my friend Jim Richards. Um, I, it's a guitar that, um, it, actually, I, I had it rebuilt. So this is a Gibson Les Paul um, gold top. But it started out as, a, as the cheapest Les Paul that you can buy, Les Paul Studio. And th those of you that are non-guitar people, you're just going to have to indulge me for a while. So I took it to my friend Dave Scythe. Actually, I took him three of these. And, um, and he converted the guitar. Dave's a guitar builder. He built the guitar that I was playing in that video, that red Stratocaster. And, um, and I had him build these uh, for me. So I have two of these. But I gave this to my friend Jim Richards as a gift, and I am big in that uh, because, you know, my story is I have all of these guitars, and very few of them have I bought. And the reason is, you know, that I trace back is that right after Sherry and I came to Jesus, I had a, a Guild Acoustic. This is in the 70s that I had bought, and, um, and, I, and I had gotten another guitar. I got my... 1946 Martin D18. Uh, no, actually, I got the Gibson that I was that I play a lot. The Gibson that Randy Craig had, and um, and so anyway, so I had this Guild guitar, and there was some missionary family that came to our church, and um, and they were they had a unique mission, and I love unique missions, um, and I I didn't know anything about anything back then, so I just knew that. You know, I, I liked what these people were doing. And what they did, there were, there were a family called the Mortimers. And what they did was they lived in Duluth, Minnesota. And they bought a boat and took it the entirety of the Mississippi River into the Gulf of Mexico, inland on the Amazon a thousand miles. And that's where they did their work. And, um, and they had a... They had a you know, 18-year-old son that was going with him, and he played guitar, but he didn't have a guitar. And so I gave him that guitar. I sewed that as a seed. And ever since then, people give me guitars. It's like, oh, that whole sewing and reaping thing. And this is not, I've got my notes here, and I want to, I'll talk to you about that in a second. But anyway, so I'm, I'm making a point about Exodus 4.2 what's in your hand. So, so I had this guitar built. I gave it to my friend, Jim Richards, and he has, he is at a place where he's not playing guitar anymore. And so he wanted to give it back to me. 
And so now I have two of these. And so I'm going to set the other one up to play slide on and I'm going to play this one. So one of the things that a lot of people do is they name their guitars. Now I have never done that. Um, you know, I have my, my Carlson back over here that I play so much. So I was thinking about getting this guitar back and I thought, what can I name this guitar? And so, because I want to start naming my guitars because they have personalities. So, I was thinking about it and I thought, I'm going to name it Rod. <laughs> Out of Exodus 4.2. What's in your hand? Because this is something that I have in my hands. You know, when God speaks to us, so many times he speaks to us in ways that we understand. You know, in things that would relate to us, things that we get. And so many times we look at the prophecies and the different things in the Bible and, and their, their veiled references that God is speaking to us that have significance both in a futuristic standpoint, you know, what's going to happen in the future and what's happening right now in our lives. And so... Uh, but when, you know, a lot of times when God speaks to us personally, it will be something that we can relate to. Something, you know, I had a pastor, we had a pastor sharing when we first started, and he had this big, huge vision of uh, what was, what the ministry, ministry was going to be like, the church, we had this property, and, you know, this vision was multi-million dollar vision, and and it encompassed a global effect of ministry and everything. And, and it was frustrating to me. And so I went to him one day and I made, him, I made him mad because I said, you know, Pastor, I know you have this vision of, um, you know, this big grandiose vision, but I don't know what to do with that. So would you, could I have a $5 vision? And he looked at me like, what are you talking about? I said, no, you know, I'm, I'm happy for your big vision and everything, but I don't know what to do with it. It's not practical to me. And so I need a $5 vision because I know what to do with $5. I put it in my pocket. I go out, I spend it, I buy something with it. And it's something that I can relate to. And when God speaks to us, he speaks to us many times in ways that we relate to. And so as I'm meditating on Exodus 4.2, and I got this guitar, which I played this weekend, a spectacular guitar. I put it in, it's one of my main guitars in my rotation of when I play live. But I thought, you know, I need, to, and I need something practical that relates to something that's going on in my life. And so, you know, here it is. You know, Stevie Ray had his, uh, his main strat was called number one you know that's what he called it and then he had one called lenny and then i saw um chris uh from the cold the band the cold stairs from over in indiana and he got a new guitar and he named it boyd crowder off of a character off a tv show and so i just thought i'm gonna name this guitar rod so it reminds me of what's in my hand so anyway we had we had a friend, or we have a friend who is a comedian, and he was struggling with finding uh, purpose and vision in his life, or a word from God as far as direction. 
And I was praying for him one day, and the Lord spoke to me and about him. And I called him, and I said, hey, I, got, I have a word from the Lord for you concerning your purpose and vision. And he's like, what is, what is, he was all excited about it. And, and I said, here it is. Be funny and make money. And it was practical. I mean, it's like that, you know, sometimes we're looking for this spectacular, grandiose, you know, all of the details, you know, and, and, and with him, it was like he related to this. So he was a comedian. So be funny. All right. So you have the voice of God telling you to be funny. It's practical. And that was how he provided for his family was by his, his live performances as a comedian and make money. And that's, that was it. So with me, it's like Exodus 4.2, what's in your hand, use what you have, all of those things. And I'm going through my life and saying, okay, what do I have that I can use, you know, that God can use? And I'm completely off of my topic. And so I look at, you know, I look at these, I look at these books. We have these books and they're created. And, you know, we have the little girl win, Jessica's story. We have Granny paid for our divorce. So what can I do with those? I can use these. How can I use these? I don't know. I'm gonna just going to get at, get it, get with it, get into it, start throwing seeds, start flinging that stuff everywhere. And so, you know, that's, that's what I have. What do you have? What can you use? So anyway, we are in February, and I took 20 minutes not counting the song, to just get through the overflow that's coming out of my heart right now. But February, the love month. And so many times, you know, when I talk about this, I focus on marriage. But I'm not going to do that this month. I want this to be broader. I want it to be about relationships because we have to be those people that are astute at relationships. If we're going to be successful in life, it's something that is we are wired for. It's something that God created us to have. And, if, and really, it is his big idea. All of this stuff about relationships all started with God. God had that in mind. In Genesis 2, verse 8, 15, and 18, I just pulled those verses. You know, I'm a big Genesis guy. I love Genesis. Um, just because there's so much there, that re so much revelation there about the nature and character of God, his interaction with us, our interaction with the world. All of those things are found in the first uh, three and a half chapters from Genesis 1-1 to Genesis 3-15. Um, but anyway, Genesis 2, 8 15 and 18. I'm just going to read some of these. All of them out of the King James Bible. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man where he had who he had formed. So God creates this garden, but he's not he's creating it for a purpose. He's creating it for a place for man to work. Verse 15. And the Lord took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and keep it. Verse 18, and the Lord God said, it's not good that man should be alone, but I will make him a help meet for him. And in 3.8, it says, in the uh, Genesis 3.8, it says, and they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. 
And I love that descriptive passage. I know it's a tragedy in that chapter because God's coming and man has uh, fallen. But just the, just the point that God comes in the cool of the day, and I liken it, you know, my visual image of that is, uh, is a front porch with rocking chairs. We had, I had a friend in Nashville that passed away um, in 2020 that produced, uh, Mike O'Neill, that produced my electric rev and He had this porch, had this, had this house, had this porch wrapped around, rocking chairs on it. And I can just see, you know, I can just picture sitting on the porch in a rocking chair, cool of the day, mason jar sweet tea, you know, which I don't drink anymore. Um, the sweet part of it, I drink tea, but not the sweet tea. Well, I do from time to time. Depends on where I'm eating. Um, and, you know, just sitting there on the front porch, cool of the day, nice summertime breeze, you know, worked hard all day sitting on the porch, and here comes God. Now, why is God coming? You know, why is God wanting this interaction? Because this whole thing about relationships is his deal. His He started it, and he passed it on to Jesus. Proverbs 8, 30 and 31 says this, and it's and then in this chapter, starting a few verses above it, is just talking about God's delight. And eight Proverbs eight thirty thirty one says, "And then I was by him, as one brought up with him, and I was his delight daily." It's talking about Jesus and his interaction with God and the foundation of the world and all of these things. And then I was by him as one brought up with him, and I was his delight, rejoicing always before him. And then verse 31, rejoicing in the habitable part of his earth, and my delights were with the sons of men. So Jesus is talking about how he and his relationship with God was God's delight. And that, to me, it's like, you know, man, just get that picture of his nature and character in what he desires from each of us. This is originating from his heart and is his desire. He desires to have this relationship, this interaction, this uh, point of, of, of bidirectional communication, of, uh, of him working with us. And... And it's his delight. And Jesus, in turn, takes on that delight. And he says, you know, I was his delight, but my delight was in the sons of men. So Jesus has this desire that's passed to him from God to have this relationship with father and son. And Jesus takes that, and then his delight is with us. You know, God calls us into relationship not because he needs servants, doesn't need servants, he's got angels, not because he needs warriors, he doesn't need that, he's got angels for that. He called us into this relationship so that we could be family, period. And yeah, we went through the fall, and yes, we sold out the planet and all of those things, but Jesus came to rectify that, to justify all of those things, to take our punishment on himself, all of those things so that we could have full access to the delight of the Father 
of the Son and the Holy Spirit in our lives as a relation as it relates to relationship. And that is just such a cool picture of the reality of all that God desires for us to enter into. Sorry, I gotta I gotta make a note here just so I'll know in my notes where I stopped today. So you know, and that's the that's the joy of it. And one other thing, and then I'll quit, is that there is so much unbelief around relationships. And I'll and I'll I'll say this very simplistically. I've searched the Bible, and I cannot find one place where the Bible tells us that relationships are hard. But if and but that's the common belief in our culture, in the church, in our communications. You know, this is hard. Well, the Bible doesn't say that. And the Bible says that even if it is hard, that all things are still possible. And we know that relationship is the crown of God's desire for you and I not just with him, but with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit, and with each other. And so we have to be those people that develop the tools and the skills that we need to be successful in relationships. And that's the, you know, when it all comes down to it, when our careers are over, when we are left with just our family, we are going to need to have a legacy of we had these relationships. Are relationships complicated? Yeah, they can be, and they're usually complicated because we create that comp those complications in our relationships because we really, you know, and I'll, I'll just throw this out there for your consideration, and you can give me feedback on this if you'd like. Whenever we get in a place where we are expecting other people to serve us instead of us serve other people, we have complications. And so, but if we don't believe that relationship, that it is possible for us to have functioning relationships and overcome the dysfunctions that we have created in our relationships, we're never going to be able to experience them the way that God intends for us to experience them. The joy in my life out of the last 45 years of serving the Lord is the relationship that I have with my wife, the relationships that I have with my children and grandchildren, and the relationship that I have with my friends and the the other people that I have met through my experience with the Lord who are in the body of Christ. Those are the greatest treasures that I take. And I've said this before, this isn't an insult to preachers or churches or anything else, but in that 45 years I've been in church, I don't know how many times, I need to go back and calculate it, and out of those, I can remember a handful of sermons, but I remember the people. 
And it's because this relates back to the reality that God had initially to have relationship with Jesus and beyond that with us. It's the deal. Relationships are the deal. <clears throat> and we have to be super good at them. And that is possible by our yielding to those relationships and allowing our character and natures to be shaped so that we are able to function in those relationships. So anyway, I love y'all. And I saw uh, our friend Pam Summers is on here. I want y'all to continue to lift Pam up in prayer. She is fighting for everything that she has. Um, sickness and disease, and she's a champion of faith. She has been consistent in her confession in overcoming this uh, sickness that she has. And then I also would like for you to continue to remember Eric Stark. Uh, Eric had, uh, you know, a brain tumor removed, or not a brain tumor, but a tumor removed from the lining of his brain. And it's a, it's, an intense recovery, and so he is doing well. His wife, Cammie, um, who um, posted an update um, yesterday just about what's going on and everything, and he's progressing. But we, we, you know, beyond him using his own strength, I would love to see the Lord just kind of bam and just correct all of those things in him and in Pam and in all of us that are suffering. So let's pray. Father, thank you for your love, your desire, your goodness for us, Lord, that you desired a relationship with us and you pursued us. And Lord, we just in turn say, we trust you with us. So help us to be the best relationally that we can possibly be in our homes, with our spouses, our children, our grandchildren, our families, our friends, and those that, everyone that we're around, Lord. Help us to manifest your character and nature in those things. And Lord, I pray for all of us that are sick and suffering, that you would speak to us, that you would help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God bless you. I will see you Sunday. Big, good stuff's brewing right here. So that's what I got. Adios.